0: Welcome to the Zip Files, a weekly technology news catch-up show. This week, I'm taking you on a mission to Mars. We'll be in the future, so make sure you wear enough layers of tinfoil. Around that, I'll pepper you with all of the most interesting tech news that has come out of this week. But hold up, you should know something. We do news a bit differently here on the Zip Files. We're fresh, cool, down with the kids. And in that spirit, we'll be talking to my friend Shire this week, getting to know him in soundbites dotted throughout the show. Think of it as the Zip Files equivalent of speed dating. And finally, just before we get started, I'd like to say a massive thank you to all of you who are tuning in for the first time. Having you here is amazing, really amazing, and I really, really hope that you enjoy and that we can build our own little tech news community paradise. So, without further ado, shut off your eyes, turn on your ears, and lie back for the next 20 to 25 minutes. Your eyesight has no currency here. Save it for looking at the stars. The race to build a self-driving car is essentially the race to enter a trillion-dollar market. Understandably, the competition is rife, and the list of companies trying to crack it gets longer seemingly every week. For someone not working in the domain, it might be easy to imagine that there is not much difference between the progress of the top players in the game. So, when last week an Uber in self-driving car mode struck and killed a woman, you may have been surprised that whilst other companies put a pause to their testing, Google's Waymo carried on. But then, this makes a lot more sense when you look at the huge disparity between performance. It came out this week that Uber's autonomous program had been struggling in the run-up to the crash. In fact, their cars could only, on average, get this, travel 13 miles before needing human intervention. Google's Waymo cars can travel an average of 5,600 miles without human intervention. Uber's autonomous testing has been suspended in wake of last week's tragedy, and these worrying technical revelations. A gang of hackers known as Carbonac have stolen well over one and a quarter billion dollars from banks in the last five years. The group targeted ATM machines using a series of attacks that would install malware on the bank networks. They would then program the machines to spew out cash at set times when money mules would be there to pick it up. The money was then laundered via cryptocurrencies, mostly bitcoin and litecoin and used to buy luxury housing, cars, jewellery, etc. This week, a coordinated international investigation has led to the capture of the group's, as yet unnamed, leader in Spain. What's the most important thing to you? Important thing to me?
1: Mm, I would say, so again, yeah, you can go sort of different ways with this, it's like an object or particular whatever, but I think in terms of values, I think, like, curiosity or, like, playfulness because um, yeah that's the source of so much enjoyment for me and also that like, learning and, and wonder and awe, and, and the most yeah, fun times of other people and also most developing times of other people has been yeah in, in a state of wonderment or curiosity and playfulness and just yeah exploring
0: it's always enjoyed that's great that's a great way of looking at life like a playful adventure exactly yeah nice I think that's a yeah that's a that's a winner that is,
1: that is, that is, yeah, when I a chicken dinner.
0: There's a high-profile lovers' tiff going on in the world of app-based dating. Bumble announced that they are suing Tinder for four hundred million dollars for trade secret theft. This attack hasn't come unprompted, though. Tinder are themselves suing Bumble for the same thing. A move which came after Bumble rejected Tinder's $450 million acquisition offer. It's all heating up. Trump attacked Amazon again this week, tweeting that they pay little or no taxes to state and local governments, caused the postal system tremendous loss, and are putting thousands of retailers out of business. Unfortunately for Donald, he's yet to find someone who can help him check facts. Amazon do collect sales tax in Washington DC and all 45 states that have this in place, The post office is actually being kept alive by Amazon's business, and whilst some retailers are feeling the competition, there are new retailers being birthed by the Amazon marketplace. Trump is the president though, so the stock market reacted, and Amazon shed $61 billion of value. Meditation is great. It has helped humanity to regulate mood for thousands of years. If you haven't given it a try, give it a try perhaps download Apple's app of 2017, aptly named Calm. This week, it was reported that Calm are raising a $25 million round of investment that values them at $250 million, a figure that reflects the success of the subscription model at its core. Whilst the app is free, many users opt to pay the yearly $60 for access to the full library of meditations. In December, the company announced revenues of $60 million, All generated with a team of circa twenty employees. Welcome to this week's Long Listen. One planet isn't enough. Earth won't be here forever. Global warming, an Armageddon-sized asteroid, Kim Jong-un, and Donald Trump. All existential threats to the sanctity of life on Earth. Much better to have a plan B for the human race than accept the end of time. In recent years, Elon Musk has taken it upon himself to organise this escape hatch for humanity, somewhere we can run if things turn biblical. This week, he published a paper detailing SpaceX's plan to colonise Mars. The following... Is an imagination of how that plan might play out. The technical details, stats, dates, and mission outline are all in keeping with SpaceX's estimations. My involvement in the story is perhaps not. Suppose that we are in the future. It's 2024. Two SpaceX cargo ships have already blasted into space and found themselves on Mars. They carry a combined stock comprising some 300 tons of landed equipment. They've been occupying the Martian surface for almost one and a half years. Their mission? Confirming the planet's water resources and identifying hazards. Waiting and preparing for humans to join. In this future, I'm friends with Elon Musk. You know, the zip files took off, we sip lagers together from time to time, talk about our struggles in love, have banter. And then the South African serial entrepreneur cracks open his third can of Budweiser and turns to me with his chiseled jawline. Ev, mate, do you want to be part of the first crewed mission to Mars? One of our ostriches? Astronauts? Just pulled out. I stare at him aghast. Frozen. Potentially even momentarily dead. Absolutely not, I calmly respond. The next morning, I'm at Kennedy Space Centre. I've never wanted to be an astronaut. I wasn't one of those kids. I saw fireworks and thought, no thank you, not for me, I'll be in my room. But I think space is awesome. So maybe Elon had tapped into that somehow. Or maybe it was for the podcast... A big scoop, something to revitalise the lagging listener numbers after years of spiralling decline. Elon had convinced me, it doesn't matter how. Mars and Earth are aligned, the closest they'll be for another two years. This is our chance. I'm sitting in the launch seat of a BFR, codename for SpaceX's biggest ever rocket. 109 metres tall, 9 metres wide, it's massive, but still a couple of metres shorter, and one narrower than the Saturn V rockets that were used by NASA half a century ago. The BFR doesn't care though, it wins the honours that matter. It is the most powerful heavy lift rocket ever seen, capable of lifting a cargo of 150 tonnes into low earth orbit. Its Raptor engines have the most efficient thrust to weight ratio on record and it is capable of taking humans to Mars. Taking humans to Mars, coming back to Earth and taking humans to Mars again, over and over. The BFR is, like all SpaceX rockets, reusable and so infinitely affordable in comparison to the Saturn Vs. So there I am, poor future me, absolutely bricking it no doubt. I look at my feet, I've read the rocket specs, below me is enough propellant to not be comfortable with, enough propellant to lift the 4,400 tonne vehicle, straight up. The countdown starts, and then, before I can fully find my religion, up we go. The 31 Raptor engines do their job, And before long, the large booster has broken away, and we're parked in an Earth orbit. We've run out of fuel. Traditionally, this would be a cause for saying, bye bye. But SpaceX knew this would happen, that the BFR's fuel tanks would only last it through the atmosphere. So then comes up a refuelling rocket. It docks seamlessly and automatically, without any need for manual controls, gently thrusts forwards and thus transfers its fuel reserves to us by way of momentum. Now we're ready to set off on our interplanetary mission. We light up our engines and head off towards Mars. The flight duration is somewhere in the region of three to six months. Luckily, there's some socialising to be done. Over 100 people are on board with me, all staying in cabins of three to four. There is a galley, an entertainment area, a central storage area, and a solar storm shelter. A home away from home hurtling silently through space, the bearer of the human seed. Three to six months go by quickly. People talk to me, I talk to them. And then, just as I have settled into my new spacefaring life, I'm told that we're approaching Mars. Poor future me, bricking it again, no doubt. I remember that I've got 1,100 tonnes of propellant below me, minus whatever we use to set our course to Mars. Thud. We're breaking the Martian atmosphere, travelling at 18,000 miles per hour. I thank all of my religions that SpaceX's engineers have installed an excellent heat shield, one that rarely needs replacing. Mars' atmosphere is much thinner than Earth's, but still we are moving so fast that the battering is intense. Our Delta wing sticks out from the ship and gets to work, steering us like a rudder whilst keeping us balanced. SpaceX initially wanted to avoid the shark fin-like addition, but realised that it was all too necessary if the ship was to be able to navigate with a wide range of payloads, and in a wide range of atmospheric densities. Personally, I like it, not just because it keeps us on track, but also because it looks quite cool. The surface is getting closer now. SpaceX rockets have been capable of self-landing with an extreme accuracy since 2015, an innovation that has defined their affordability advantage. We orient ourselves so that the engines point towards the surface, and begin the 40 seconds of supersonic retropulsion that will control our landing. Supersonic retropulsion is like takeoff in reverse. The thrust from the engines slows down the ship instead of accelerating it. It's pretty magical to watch. When we get low enough, the two sea-level engines start up. These are tasked with landing us upright. They are the acrobatic thrusters that swivel and jive, directing their burn in such a way that ensures a smooth landing. In the unlikely event that one of them shuts off too early, my new friends and I will still survive. There are two of these engines for peace of mind, Not out of necessity. And then, cheering! We're alive, we've done it. We've successfully travelled from our beloved blue planet to the dusty wasteland of Mars. It's not that nice here, but who cares? We're a multi planetary species now. Anyway, we'll make it nicer. Look how nice we made Earth. As the first humans on Mars, our task is to make the prospect of joining us more appealing. How, you might ask? Well, by making sure that whoever comes can actually return to Earth. At this stage, our rocket has no fuel. She sits majestically, but empty. We arrange a large array of solar panels, and assemble the machinery to mine and refine water. This is a good start. We then align the instruments necessary to pull CO2 from the atmosphere. From here, the chemists amongst us step forward to create oxygen and methane. At this point, we can finally refuel our ship. We're no longer stranded. I Skype my mum to tell her how cool I am. She tells me she's cooler, and hops on a spaceship that looks eerily familiar. Only she's not coming to Mars. But traveling from New York to London in 29 minutes. Elon has repurposed his rockets on Earth to create a more readily connected world than ever. Fast forward to the future future. I'm bored of the red planet. Netflix doesn't work as well up here. The blue sky at dawn and dusk and red sky during the day makes me uneasy. And even though we've started terraforming Mars, it's still at least a few millennia away from having a breathable atmosphere. I miss the leafy London suburbs. By this time, flights back aren't all that rare, and so I get on one. On my way back, I pass another BFR. I crack open a cold one and salute. Elon is on his way to Mars. An ambition of his is to die there, just not an impact. someone would ask you this is matter
1: yeah mine okay different levels what do i wish someone would ask me i think yeah i think i'd wish people to ask me how yeah how are you feeling like what's going on without like a, a, ne- a necessary agenda like a pure sort of interest in what i'm doing or i like how i'm doing um i remember that i was i was just sitting out. i was standing outside my library yesterday and she's having a cigarette and this little, a lovely old lady just like walked past, and i was kind of like all, all it took was just like a look and a smile and then we just started having a conversation she she, she she'd just come here i can't remember what town in england but she just come to like london and, and i just found it really cute that this sort of old lady was exploring london and she had sort of, sort of quite sort of stars in her eyes and she was she looked so happy like, i was it was really fun sharing that moment with her and i think especially in a city like London, it's tough to talk to people that have relationships with people that don't have a purpose in them. Like, okay, why am I talking to you? Are you the cashier of this place? It's difficult just to like look at someone and just talk. So I guess I'd I'd like it, especially my commute or or my voyaging around London, people would just ask me, hi, what's up?
0: Tesla are recalling 123,000 Model S cars built before April 2016. They have noticed that the electric sedan's power steering bolts are suffering excessive corrosion. To be on the safe side and guard against tragedy, they will be fixing the issue in vehicles worldwide. The expected cost to Tesla is around 60 million dollars, but the real damage will be done to the company's brand, something that it relies upon for its astronomically high valuation, a high valuation that allows it to raise a huge amount of funding and without which it would quickly become bankrupt. This news caps Tesla's worst one-month performance in the stock market since 2010. SHIP, the on-demand shipping app that let users request items to be picked up, boxed and sent off, has gone the way of Titanic. This week, in an interview with Fast Company magazine, SHIP's co-founder and CEO Kevin Gibbon gave his thoughts on the company's failure. In their exuberance, they had raised too much money too fast, telling investors that they'd be the Uber for shipping, and collecting $63 million. With that much funding from hungry venture capitalists, SHIP had to turn its ambitions to scaling, and scaling fast. They failed to execute, lost all the cash, and couldn't raise follow-on rounds when the industry became suspicious of Uber-like companies. Kevin's advice to aspiring entrepreneurs, don't raise more money than you know how to spend. Apple announced a new 9.7-inch iPad on Tuesday aimed at teachers and students. The model will cost $299 for schools and $329 for everyone else. It is the first low-end iPad with support for the Apple Pencil, which will cost an additional $89 for educators and $99 for the rest of us. They are building a complimentary app to be launched in June called Schoolwork. Schoolwork, a cloud-based piece of software, enables teachers to distribute homework and other projects whilst tracking student performance. The app will fit into the Apple Educator ecosystem that already includes a school and classroom manager. Users with a school ID will qualify for a free 200 gigabytes of iCloud storage as opposed to the measly 5 that is granted to the rest of us. Apple are not alone in targeting schools. Google's more affordable tablets and more developed suite of office apps will be hard to outcompete. For what are you most grateful for today? What am I most grateful
1: for today? I think that the, the yeah, I probably have to be like shelter or the comfort of my own home because that allows me to have the life of leisure that I live. I mean, yes, I'd go to uni, but uni's really is just more like a pretty leisurely in, like development of my mind. If, if like imagine in the course of all the whole of humanity, people were told you can go to this place where you don't have that much work to do, but then the work you're doing is stuff you're interested in, and you don't know, it's yeah, it's completely different to how the most of humanity i've lived so i'm pretty i live a hundred percent of my time is pretty much leisure so for that i'm very like, grateful
0: another terrible week for facebook if you want to know more about what got them into this mess in the first place then take a listen to last week's podcast basically it's all around how they have been extremely reckless with users private data anyway What's happened this week? Well, the Federal Trade Commission announced on Tuesday that they would be investigating Facebook over its privacy policies. The stock price shot down. Zuckerberg then rejected British Parliament's request for him to come over and explain himself, but could not reject Congress, who he will be appearing in front of soon. Then, in the equivalent of buying your wife a box of chocolates to apologise for an affair, Facebook made it incrementally easier for us to control our privacy on the app. On Thursday, what was already a very bad situation became a terrible one when an internal memo was leaked, a memo penned in 2016 by one of Zuckerberg's most trusted executives, Andrew Boz Bosworth, stating that the company's mission is to connect as many people as possible, and that any casualties or deaths along the way would not steer them from this goal. Facebook has lost $75 billion in value over the last two weeks. Have you ever been driving along and seen a set of stairs, a set of pedestrian concrete stairs just off the side of the road, and thought, damn, that's a shortcut? Well, an Uber driver did this week and tried his luck. Unsurprisingly, his car got stuck. Rather funnily, the press release had to specify that a human had been driving at the time. and it's done (laughs) it's over you can open your eyes now take it all in hopefully the tech world around you makes a bit more sense you're all caught up if you enjoyed the show then please share the zip files with a friend if you hated it then please share it with an enemy also sorry to be hashtag that guy but if you're feeling bright and breezy happy and friendly then rating the zip files five stars on apple podcasts would help me out massively I love you all. Until next Sunday, enjoy your oat milk lattes and have a great week.